You're listening to Infinite Banking Radio with your host, Patrick Donahoe. You know, there's solutions out there to every one of the financial problems that Americans are facing today, and those solutions are right underneath their nose. The Infinite Banking concept has helped hundreds of thousands of individuals manage their hard-earned money effectively using time-tested financial principles that cannot fail. The intent of this podcast is to awaken these time-tested principles and reinstate certainty into the financial makeup of Americans. Our society is saturated in debt. Our portfolios are made up of the same speculative investments and theories that have failed us time and time again. The banking and securities industries have ruled financial planning for decades, and the only true benefactors are them. The infinite banking concept has proven to be the ideal solution. Hi, everybody. Thank you for downloading this week's episode. This is Patrick Donahoe. I'm going to be your host. This is Infinite Banking Radio. We have a, a very exciting uh, guest today, and, and we're excited to have him on. Uh, but before we introduce him, please go back and listen to our previous podcasts. You can access them by visiting our webpage, which is www.paradigmlife.net. Uh, last week, or actually a couple weeks ago, we were, we had the fortunate opportunity to uh, to interview Dr. Bob Murphy, and since then he uh, has has definitely created some some uh, some stir in the economics world, uh, making some more strides with his uh, with his Paul Krugman uh, call out. And so, if you uh, would like to uh, help him out and and raise money to uh, to see that debate, you can visit KrugmanDebate.com, and we'll also post that link uh, on the blog. So today we have a, a very special guest. His name is uh, Tom Wheelwright. Tom is out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, he is in the uh, the tax business. He is a, a CPA. He's a, he's a tax advisor, and uh, some of his accolades include work with uh, Donald Trump, Robert Kiyosaki, T. Harv Eker, and and a variety of others. And I think right now, just given the nature of our of our economy and given the nature of our, our country. When it comes to spending and so forth, uh, taxes is is basically the basis by which our government raises money to uh, to to spend it. And so I'm sure that Tom has uh, a lot of insight into into what's going on in the economy, where he thinks things are going, uh, what role business owners have, and uh, how to properly uh, plan your taxes and have a proper tax tax plan. Uh, and so Tom, welcome welcome to the podcast today. Thanks very much. Appreciate being on. Awesome, awesome. So why don't why don't you give our our listeners um, an idea of who who you are, uh, what your background is, and and then we'll go from there. Sure. I've uh, you know as you mentioned, Patrick, I I'm a CPA, a certified public accountant, and I've been uh, working uh, with entrepreneurs for 30 years, uh, developing permanent tax saving strategies. I started as a my undergraduate, as we were discussing earlier, is from the University of Utah, uh, up there in your neighborhood, and uh, have a master's of tax degree from the University of Texas. I spent uh, my early career, first 13 years, in big four public accounting with Ernst & Young and in a uh, as tax advisor for a Fortune 500 company. About 15 years ago, I started my firm, um, started from scratch actually, and uh, really decided that uh, I could see the entrepreneurs uh, that were not getting served because the uh, big four had gone away from serving entrepreneurs, which they did when I was there. And they'd gone, really started restricting themselves to serving the big companies. And so I saw a big hole and thought, you know what, let's, let's fill that hole because I love entrepreneurs. I've always loved entrepreneurs. 
and investors. And so uh, since then, we've uh, been very fortunate. We've, we've grown substantially. We now have clients on six continents. Wow. Um, we serve clients all over the world uh, because, you know, it's in this day and age, it's phone, fax, and email. Yep. And the interesting thing is, you know, there are a lot of people in the rest of the world who want to invest in the U.S. And, uh, um, you, you know, the interesting thing is that the tax laws uh, among the different countries are really not a lot different from each other. Um, the details are, but the purpose of the tax law is the same everywhere you go. So I, I was fortunate enough about 10 years ago to get to know Robert Kiyosaki. He's um, one of my good friends, and, uh, I'm, and I'm his tax advisor. And uh, he's, he's been great from a, from a, a mind shift and a, and a marketing standpoint, and I highly recommend any, anything he writes. Uh, well, I highly recommend you read. Well, it's it's amazing that you know just just with the book uh, you know Pro- prophecy that he wrote, uh, I think it was seven seven eight years ago. Just a, a lot of the things that have come come to fruition, and and obviously he made some other other predictions in in relation to what's going to go on with the economy. But he's he's been spot on. Yeah, he he really has. He, he he's he's, uh, he's got a good feel for what's going on in the economy, what's going on in the world, and, and, and you know, what, what what we could expect to see. So, yeah, that, that book's been uh, pretty, uh, you know, spot on with uh, everything. I mean, he was talking about the downfall of the, of the real estate market in 2004, 2005, and, uh, in fact, I've seen, a, I've seen a video clip from him, you know, doing an interview in 2004, 2005, and, the, the, you know, the other announcers are just hammering him. Because you know they can't believe he really thinks that. And that well, it was kind of it was kind of the Peter the, the Peter Schiff phenomenon as well as far as what he was doing during that same right. same period of time talking about you know the uh, the overlax standards when it came to to lending and and how that translated into spending and then you know an artificial an artificial bubble. So it's it's amazing that yeah. you know those two. But then you look at you know Ben Stein and you look at some other you know very uh, very famous economists and and uh, and individuals that are on the media. And it was it was kind of a, they were making a mockery of, of uh, the yeah. philosophy that things would 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 be a bubble and then subsequently crash. Uh, absolutely, uh, Peter's an interesting guy too. I've met him a couple of times. Have you? <laughs> So those Connecticut, those Connecticut guys. Uh, but anyway, I think I think one of the things, Tom, and and and, and it's hard for individuals to to really see this, um, just because you know we have a very short memory as as human beings. And if you look at the the entrepreneurial spirit, I mean, it's it's what's created everything that we have today, from you know our our toilets to electricity to televisions to the internet to a computer. I mean, there's probably just a handful of individuals that could be able to explain how to reverse engineer how. A computer works, or how the how the internet works, but yet we take that all for granted these days, and really don't acknowledge the entrepreneur or the individual who used his um, used his talents and abilities to create things that are of huge value to people. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's why I love entrepreneurs. I, I, I'm the son, grandson, and great grandson of an entrepreneur, so it's uh, it's it streams through my blood, and and that's why that's why. We serve entrepreneurs because I, I just think that entrepreneurs are the—they're the key, they're the drivers to the economy, and uh, they will always be the drivers of the economy. They're the ones who take the risks, they're the ones who take control, and they're the ones who take action. Yep. So that that kind of transitions into a really a really good point because 
to today, and I think a perfect evidence was was last week at the a State of the Union uh, address. But it, it seems like the the government, and this is obviously not a recent phenomenon, but it, it seems like the government is what wants to drive progress, what what wants to drive entrepreneurialism. I mean, do you do you see a conflict there? Oh, I, I, well, interestingly enough, you know, you, you, you know, we hear the State of the Union think, oh, this is new. Well, this isn't new. Uh, the government started started driving entrepreneurialism back in the 1950s. Uh, when, when, when the tax law was first created in 1914, um, it, it was a, a, a very small percentage for a very small percentage of people, and it was very clean. It was a one-page tax return, yeah. very easy. Um, in the 1950s, the, the, the government started experimenting with the tax law. And what they were doing is determining what type, what, what would happen if they gave somebody a tax incentive? What would, you know, would it, would it drive their behavior? And what they found was it absolutely. And in fact, a very small tax incentive will drive a very large behavior. Uh, that's a combination, of course, of you know actually getting the benefit, but it's also because people hate paying taxes. So uh, any dollar you can save in taxes is worth more than a dollar that you make or save somewhere else, uh, apparently. So in the 1960s and 70s, uh, and then into the 80s, the government really started uh, just expanding the use of the tax law for uh, um, you know, providing stimulus for certain activities, and um, so much so that that today, of uh, of 5,800 pages of the tax law, by far 90% of it or more is merely a series of stimulus packages for entrepreneurs and investors. That's all it is. The, the, the tax law is not. Um, people think the tax law is out to get them. No, the IRS is out to get them. <laughs> Okay, but the tax law is not. Congress is out there providing uh, a, a roadmap. It's called Internal Revenue Code. It's called a code, which is you know like a map, and and they're providing this code in order to teach you know if you'll just follow it to teach you. Okay, here's what we'd like you to do. Here's where we'd like you to put your money. If you do it, we're going to give you tax benefits. So what? So I guess I get, kind of have two questions from from that. Number one. Um, do you think people are intimidated by by taxes, and do you think that in, inhibits the the most efficient or effective use of different? Uh, I, I wouldn't call it maybe not loopholes, but different things that they could take advantage of to mitigate their tax liability. No question. I mean, it almost goes back to Albert Einstein when he said that the most the the, the most difficult thing to understand in the world is the income tax. <laughs> and, and, that know, well, then, Robert, and that was then. And that was then. Albert not, Einstein. That was then when it was. Yeah. If Albert Einstein's intimidated, you know, then obviously I need to be intimidated. Well, you know what? The, the tax law, if you're looking at all the details, of course it's intimidating. It's 5,800 pages, and that's just the code. That's not the regulations or the, 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 um, the case law or anything else. Still, the, the tax law fundamentally is fairly simple. Um, really, once you understand what it's all about, beginning with that it's, it's a bunch of incentives. And we're not talking about loopholes. Loopholes are unintended consequences of tax law. Yeah. These are not loopholes. These are intentional provisions in the law with this, this, a very specific goal of driving investment in certain parts of the economy. And it could be for economic policy, it could be for social policy, it could be for uh, energy policy. And we're seeing a lot of energy policy in the law right now. So, 
uh, you know, one of one of the big challenges that people have is they go, well, I'm supposed to pay taxes. Well, yeah, you're supposed to pay the taxes that you're supposed to pay, but you're not supposed to pay more. And most um, most entrepreneurs and investors pay um, far more than they would really have to if they if if all they did was you know get a little education on uh, how the tax law actually works and have an advisor that, that would actually help them through it. Well, I, and I'm not sure what the what the statistic is, but there is a ver- an overwhelming percentage of our of our population that doesn't pay any taxes and actually gets certain credits, like earned income credits and, and things like that. Yeah, and, and that part of the population, those, those, those are people who, you know, don't earn very much money, for the most part. You know, it, it's, for, for the most part, the, the, the people you're, you're talking about, earned income credit and, and those things, I mean, these people don't make a lot of money, and so the government has decided, well, if you're not making a lot of money, if you're not, actually, back in 1944, when the, when the tax law was first um, changed, so the employees had to pay tax. Before that, employees didn't have to pay tax. Um, at that point, they they in- enacted the personal exemptions, and the personal exemptions were equal to the average salary of the average employee of the average household. Okay, it was about four thousand dollars back then. Okay, and um, of course now the personal exemptions are fourteen thousand. The average salary is seventy thousand. So we haven't, you know, the exemptions haven't kept up. So now people are paying tax that, that really it was never in, it originally it wasn't intended for them to pay tax. But what's what what's happened is that the, the tax law has completely shifted, um, where it, it used to be that the entrepreneurs and the investors were the ones paying all the tax. Now the all the tax benefits because of this this um, decision by by the government to encourage to use the tax law for you know for policy purposes. Now it's the entrepreneurs and investors who pay the least amount of tax as long as they understand the tax law. What, what we find is when, when we take a new client, um, on average, we, within three months, we've reduced, permanently reduced their taxes by 10 to 40%. Wow. So what that tells me is that they're not understanding the law and their advisors aren't understanding the law. I mean, clearly, most tax advisors do not understand the law and how it really works. Well, there's so much of it that it's 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 difficult to understand all those statutes. Well, yes and no. Uh, you know, the the, the 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 challenge is that you know most tax preparers and tax preparers have never even read the Internal Revenue Code. Yeah. I mean, how can you possibly say, well, I don't understand it? Well, of course, you can't understand something you haven't read. Yep. You can't understand something you haven't studied. You know, the, the key to reducing your taxes is understanding the law, and the key to a good tax advisor is, and, 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 and the key to not getting in trouble is understanding the law. When you really understand the law, two things happen. Your, audit, your risk of an IRS audit goes way down, and at the same time, your taxes go way down. They go hand in hand. Interesting. Okay, being conservative is not a matter of paying more tax. Being conservative is a matter of understanding the law. Interesting. So, looking at you know maybe some of the, the poking that that uh, that President Obama did did last week, stating stating that you know that the IRS code is is uh, is inefficient and the, a lot of business owners because of their attorneys because of their tax advisors aren't paying any any tax. What what is your what's your opinion about that? Well, I just got have to laugh. Because if they're not paying any tax, it's because Congress doesn't want them to pay it. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So if, if you want to pay tax, change the law. 
if you want, if you don't want people to, if you don't want entrepreneurs to put their money back into the business, then change the law so that you don't get deductions for your business expenses. If you don't want entrepreneur investors to uh, build, uh, you know, housing for people, then take out the, the the tax benefits for real estate investors. If that's really what you want to do, what I think though is that that it's a bunch of rhetoric yep. saying, okay, well, you know, you, you, you people who are employees, you know, you're getting the raw deal and, and the entrepreneurs are really, you know, they're not paying their fair share. Well, that's, that's baloney. That's absolutely baloney. The entrepreneurs are doing exactly what Congress tells them to yep. do. Yep. So, you know, uh, you know, who's more patriotic? The one who does what Congress tells them to do, one who doesn't. Yep. That's, that's a great, that's a very good point. And yeah, and it, it, there's just such a negative negative connotation out there about those that are making a lot of money. But again, going back to our you know, original train of, que- uh, train of uh, conversation, it's, it's those business owners and entrepreneurs that are, that are creating the things that are making life so efficient these, these days. So well, maybe- and, and it, 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 It's not just that, uh, Patrick. It, it, it's that the reason for these tax benefits is because you want to encourage those entrepreneurs to, to produce. Think about who, who pays the least amount of tax. It's the producers, investors and entrepreneurs. They are the producers. The employees and self-employed individuals tend to be the consumers. Yep. Well, do we want do we want do we want to encourage production or consumption? That's the fundamental question. No, and that's and that was and that was a lot of my a lot of my point because today it's just it's just people don't acknowledge those business owners or those producers as as you put it. Um, they're they're creating the things that are that are driving the economy. It's almost an, an an envious perspective that the majority of America has toward these wealthy wealthy individuals. And I think that you know going along with the, the rhetoric that we heard last week is was basically alluding alluding to that when Obama stated that these big business owners and entrepreneurs are not paying any any taxes. Yeah, but I, I have to laugh though. I mean, Obama's <laughs> the one who just who just just extended the Bush tax cuts and actually didn't just extend them; he increased them. Yeah. He 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 he, he, um, he proposed and, and agreed to a law, for example, on a state tax that virtually exempts ninety nine point nine percent of people from the state tax. Yep. And so, you know, I, I you know, it's, just, it's like I said, it's just rhetoric. Yep. Yep. Well, maybe maybe kind of getting into the because we because the, the majority of our listeners are are real estate investors, uh, on, entrepreneurs, and and obviously are agreeing with a lot of what we're what we're saying right now in our in our perspective. Um, but maybe getting into the the details of things. I mean, as you meet with with your with your clients and, and talk to them about the the proper entity entity structure. Um, maybe maybe talk about that a little bit because obviously you know from what I've heard there are a lot more you know IRS. Uh, employees that are looking more into to, to subchapter S corporations and um, you know auditing them more, I guess, is what the the objective there was. But maybe talk about you know what the, what the best setup is for for business owners to take advantage of the the majority of these you know different statutes that are uh, that are encouraging us to to reinvest um, and obviously drive the economy. Yeah. Um uh, it is interesting. The IRS, uh, there's about, been about a fourfold increase in audits over the last few years, and they are auditing. Um, they're doing more audits of S corporations. They're also doing more audits of partnerships. Uh, mm-hmm. We're finding. Okay. And um, even then, there's still far fewer audits of S corporations and partnerships than there are sole proprietorships. Interesting. So people who have not used an entity and re- recording their um, 
their self-employment, their, their, their business on Schedule C, they're, they're still the, have the highest risk of being out by four or five times. Somebody who's using an entity like a partnership or an S corporation. Okay. Um, what, what I find, we look at taxes and, and tax planning um, quite differently than uh, we used to in, the, in the, the way that typical tax advisor does. We're very strategic. We, we think we ought to build for with our clients a, a long-term plan of action that will permanently reduce their taxes. And uh, the, the taxes and how many how much you pay in taxes is fully dependent on your facts and circumstances. Okay. So we like to say, if you want to change your tax, change your facts. So one of the, the keys, one of the key factors, or one of the key facts is what entity are you using? And uh, I'll, I'll just throw out a little warning to everybody who's listening that there is not one right entity and one wrong entity. There's not even one best entity. What entity is best is what's best for you. That's why when you're talking to a tax advisor, you need to be listening not for what answers they give you, but for what questions they ask you. Not for what answers they give you, but what questions they they, they ask you. And, and, and the reason is that the more questions and the better the questions they are, that they're asking, the better they're going to get a handle on your facts, and then the better they're going to be able to, to develop that strategy and determine the best entity. And I hear people all the time say, well, if you're a business, you should be an S-Corp, or if you're, a, if you're in real estate, you should be an LLC and you know, tax as a partnership. And that's not always the case. I mean, for example, if, if you're fixing and flipping properties and, and you're a, an LLC tax as a partnership, you're going to get hammered hmm, with yep. taxes. Absolutely hammered. It's a self-employment uh, on tax. The other hand, on the other hand, if, if you're, if you're a, a real estate investor, long-term buy-and-hold real estate investor, and you put your, your, uh, your property into a, a corporation, either S or a C corporation, you're, you're going to be paying, like, likelihood is you're going to be paying taxes in a year when you don't have any money. Hmm. And so th there's some really bad, there's really bad advice out there. And I see it every single day. It's bad when it comes to, to your entity. So the key is, is, you know, find an advisor who will actually teach you about the entities, who will educate you. Most advisors have this idea that if they tell you what they know, then you won't need them. And I and I and I get I think there's kind of a stig there's a stigma out there just about about it about CPAs about about advisors that there there's an expense associated with it where you have to pay you know more money to do the returns of of each LLC and but do you but do you see or do you find that um, what individuals are are not paying is costing them actually more money? Well, that's the thing. I, 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 <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how much. Your, it, it, the question is not how much does your CPA charge you. The question is how much does your CPA cost you. Yeah, that's good. Good. Okay, and and it's like I, I was teaching a class for Rich Dad over the weekend in um, Houston on tax and asset protection, and um, you know, somebody, one of the students saying, "Well, I really like what you're saying. I really like my CPA." And I'm going, "Well, how much do you like your CPA? Do you like them enough to give them a twenty thousand dollar raise?" Because that's effectively what you're doing when you use a CPA who doesn't understand tax law and can't make use of all its provisions and isn't asking the right questions. You're giving that you're 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 they're costing you an extra twenty thousand dollars or more, okay, because of their lack of education. 
And so, you know, I mean, if you're willing to pay that and you like them that much, go for it. But remember that that's what you're doing. Just, just open your eyes. Got it. Got it. Now, one of one of the things that you know you 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 emphasize uh, quite a bit is not not necessarily mitigating your tax your, your your tax liability or proper tax planning, but it's also how how to teach a business owner how to how to how to build build their wealth. So obviously, operate their business, uh, make sure their business is efficient and productive and so forth. But on top of that, continue to build build their wealth on the side. Well, no question, and, and, and taxes are your single biggest expense. So, so it, it makes sense that if, if you're looking at, at uh, taxes, you, you need to look at what are you going to do with that money when you reduce your taxes. What are you going to do with it? And um, uh, I, I give you a simple example: if you use if you use your own money and you invest without tax benefits, and you invest ten percent over seven years, you're going to about double your money. So I like to say two plus two equals four. Okay. If you add debt, and if, to, to the extent we have real estate investors on the line, then uh, you know, they understand that debt is what makes real estate a good investment. I mean, real, real estate without debt is, is a pretty average to poor investment. And so you add debt to it, it's like you, you, you just doubled your money, because you go from two plus two equals four to two plus two equals eight. But when you add the tax benefits, and you really get the tax benefits, then you go from two plus two equals eight, the two plus two equals sixteen. Hmm, yep. That's how important the taxes are. So yeah, absolutely. It, it's not just a matter of reducing your taxes. That's step one. Step two is let's take those taxes, let's leverage them, uh, put them back into your wealth, and let's build considerable wealth in, in a very short period of time. So it's 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 probably. I mean, and I, I'm 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 hoping that a lot of individuals. Uh, will agree with this, but it sounds like, you know, as far as from a, from a tax perspective, um, you're not very fond of, you know, traditional qualified plan uh, vehicles that allow you to get, you know, some sort of tax benefit uh, up front. You're, you're more toward uh, more of a, re- a residual tax savings and obviously well, using that yeah, in conjunction I'm, I'm, with long-term wealth. What I am, Patrick, is, is I'm a I'm a let's get our let's reduce our taxes now and never have to pay them back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I don't want to wait to reduce my taxes till later, and I don't want to pay my taxes back later. Here, uh, and you have hit my hot button here. Um, <laughs> it sounds like all it. my plans, four hundred one k's, four hundred one k's are absolutely the worst thing you could ever do with your money, even if your employer matches your money. Okay. And and I can I improve that all day long with the numbers. Four hundred one k's are just a horrible way to um, invest your money. Horrible. IRAs are probably a hundred times better than four hundred one k's, and they're still terrible. Okay, with the possible exception of the Roth IRA, but even the Roth IRA is only good for certain types of investing. Because mm-hmm. one of your challenges with qualified plans, and that includes profit sharing plans and pension plans, is that you can't borrow. You can't use debt and leverage. Well, you know, if you're a real estate investor, I, I get real estate investors asking me all the time, how do I invest uh, in real estate through my IRA? And I'm going, why would you? Why would you ever do that? Because you've lost, banks don't, banks don't lend to IRAs. Nope. Okay, so why would, why would you give up? The most important aspect of real estate is debt. Leverage, yep. It's, it, 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 it's everything. I mean, like I said, I mean, real estate's just not a great investment without debt. So now what you're doing, you took turning a great invest, investment into an average or poor investment by putting it into your IRA because you'll lose all the leverage. Not only that, you'll lose all the tax benefits. Real estate 
typically, from a tax standpoint, will actually reduce the taxes you pay on your other income. So you've got huge tax benefits. You give them all up when you put it into an IRA because when you pull that money out of that IRA, you're going to be taxed at ordinary income rates. And even in a Roth IRA, you, you don't get the tax benefits, to, you know, the, the, the losses to offset your other income. So I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Roth IRAs when, they, when, when the investment strategy is such that you're, you're investing your money. So if you're buying gold and silver, Roth IRAs are a great place to buy gold and silver. If you're, if you're doing hard money lending or you're doing tax liens, great, absolutely. Go for the Roth IRA because there's no leverage in those. But if you're doing real estate, traditional real estate investing, you're doing the business, Stay away from the IRA. Stay from qualified plans. Just use, just get good tax advice. And on a side, and on a side note, obviously, you know the four hundred and one k is a statute. Same thing with the the Roth, uh, the Roth provisions, and and those are subject, those are subject to change. And you know, in, in the future, you know, if you look at just the, the need of our government for for money to keep up with their with their programs, I mean, one of the only assets left that they can have their hands on is is going to be these these qualified plans. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I'm I'm not overly concerned about that. Okay. The, the, the bigger concern is I'm not I'm not getting like I'm really not getting a lot in the way of tax benefits. Okay, so let's go back to our 5,800 pages real quick. Of that 5,800 pages, about 30 pages actually raises revenue. Okay, that's it. Okay. The rest of it's to reduce your tax. Of that 5,770 pages, only 400 pages even deals with qualified plans. Okay, the rest of it all deals with permanent solutions to your tax liability. So here's the thing. Most tax advisor are, advisors are focused on this 400 pages. Why? Because it's easy. That's the only reason. It's easy. Okay? Whereas the other 5,370 pages, you actually have to, you know, I mean, that's that's where the, the rubber meets the road. That, that's, the, that's where you can really get huge tax savings. And those tax savings, you never have to pay them back. So why would why would you ignore fifty three hundred seventy pages in favor of four hundred pages that really are intended for employees and self employed individuals? They're not intended for business owners and investors. Interesting, interesting. Well, that's and I think that you know us us as 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 human beings, obviously there's a. Um, there, there's a herd mentality, and so what everybody else yeah. is doing, and it's not just with it's not just with individuals, but it's I'm sure it's in the the tax advising business as as well, because it seems like it's common rhetoric in with the CPA or individuals that um, you know are, are in that profession to obviously use the contribution to the 401k or the IRA as one of the best deductions you can have. Well, absolutely, and, and again, to me, it's just a lack of education. If, if people aren't doing, I, I look at people and they go and they think that 10% is a good return on their investment, for example. I'm going, well, that's just a lack of education. If you're not getting 30%, 40% return on your investment, then you just need more education. Yeah. If you're paying um, high taxes and paying high tax rates, that's a matter of a lack of education. And it's a lack of education not only on your part, but also on the part of your advisor. Most advisors don't have the education that they, that this kind of education to understand how the tax law really works. Remember that, 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 um, CPAs tend to be very linear, you know, thinkers. They're kind of left brainers, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Whereas the tax law is a very right brained document. It, it's, it was written by lawyers and politicians, not by, not by accountants. And so, it's very difficult for your typical accountant to look at the tax law and understand that different that that it's 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 nonlinear. 
And you've got to take that nonlinear thought process. You've got to take that creative thought process to the tax law if you're going to seriously reduce your taxes. And creative does not mean risky. Creative means understand the law and apply it in actually a less risky manner because you understand what you're doing. That's a great. That's a great point. Are there are there maybe any any books that you would recommend off off the top of your head that would there may be more, more, more modern. Maybe uh, have to do a lot with you know any recent changes that have occurred in the tax code that uh, that you think would our, our listeners would benefit from. You know, if, 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 if you know, if you want all the details, Ernst Young puts out an annual tax book that's great. If you want all those details, but I'm not sure why you would want it. Um, now, my book comes out should be coming out in May or June this year, and and my book will explain it. It will explain how the tax law works. Uh, how the tax law really works. It will not get into the details. It's a, it's a book for everybody that you can understand how the tax law works. We also have um, courses that we provide to the general public. Um, and if they if uh, if people you know go to uh, provisionwealth.com slash products, then they can find our our courses. And it's a school of tax strategy. And we have over forty different courses on different topics on taxes and we're all every one of them is talking about how to reduce your taxes um you know using this vehicle or, or this idea or this idea whether it's travel meals and entertainment home office deduction um uh using your children uh and, and their tax brackets to get benefits uh entity setup whatever it is uh chances are you you, you go to uh, provisionwealth.com slash products and you'll find it yep and we'll put that on the we'll put on the blog post as well so so listeners have have access to that that link. Uh, are you able to pre-order your book on there as well, or is that not available yet? Uh, not available yet. Okay. Not available yet, but uh, soon. Well, w- once it is, we'll we'll be in touch so we can get that on the blog uh, blog as well. Um, well, maybe as we as we wrap up here, Tom, maybe why don't you give uh, maybe some of our, our X and Y generationalists. Uh, some some advice about um, being being entrepreneurs and those that are getting into to real estate, getting into business ownership. What are what are maybe some things that you would uh, you would recommend to them? Well, you know, first of all, I, I just I just tell everybody, you know what, this is the most fun you can ever have. Uh, being an entrepreneur, there's just nothing more fun. Nobody tells you what to do. You get to decide <laughs> what you're going to do, how you're going to spend your time, and how you're going to make money. And so, I mean, that's what I like about it. I, you know, I'm the youngest of six children. I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> and and that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur. The other thing I would say is, that, you know, there are a couple of skills you must learn. You have to learn sales and marketing if you're going to be an entrepreneur. And the other thing, the, and, and, and lastly, but certainly not least, most entrepreneurs who get in trouble get in trouble because they have not properly, they have not spent the time learning how to run a business. They've not spent the time learning how to be an entrepreneur. I'm actually working on a course for Rich Dad that will be a three-year course uh, to learn how to be an entrepreneur, and, and we're going to introduce it to um, uh, college campuses as well as the general public. So, uh, you know, it, uh, being an entrepreneur, there, there's absolutely nothing more fun, uh, nothing more exciting to do, and just make sure you get educated before you start putting your life savings into it. Yeah, no, nothing more challenging either. And right now, I think there is a, a really big challenge out there to, to solve a lot of the, the problems and inefficiencies that we're experiencing as as a country. But you know, that's that's what we as human beings do. Every modern technology that we have solves an inefficiency or a problem, so. Uh, exactly, and I, I just leave with this, and, and that's that 
if there's a way out of our current the current mess we're in, and there's no question we're in a mess. I mean, we've got uh, inflation running amok. Uh, uh, we've got a currency that's not tied to gold. Um, we've got a Federal Reserve that thinks that $800 billion is a drop in the bucket, and they can just keep pouring in the money into the economy, and there will be no adverse tax, adverse consequences. But the only true way out of a mess like this is production, yep. and it's increasing production, and it's superly increasing production. Um, and, and only entrepreneurs are going to, as you said right at the beginning, Patrick, it's the entrepreneurs who are going to do that. Yep. And the, 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 the worst thing in the world would be the government to stymie entrepreneurship. That would absolutely put this, uh, put this country um, into a tailspin with countries like Greece and Ireland. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's uh, it's scary to think about what what those consequences w- would be and how how extreme they could be because obviously we're not yeah, check, check out Egypt right now. Yeah, no, I, and that's the and the scope. Uh, the scope, you know, as far as you know, uh, Greece and other European countries, and you know, even even with past countries like you know Zimbabwe or, or Argentina, I mean, you, you have a lot of things that have uh, that have occurred with just small countries. Obviously, the scope of issues in the United States is going to be catastrophic, and so, but yeah, that's you know, I, I think as human beings, we're, we're problem solvers. That's what we do on a daily basis, and I think that you know, the up and coming generations. Um, they have a lot of stuff on their shoulders, but I think that uh, uh, the task is worthy of them, and, and I think that we'll, we'll prevail. So, and, and the opportunities are endless. I mean, you know, people, you can either be scared or you can just grab the bull by the horns and just go for it. Go for it. And, you know, I prefer to look at the, the, the positive side of life. I mean, to me, we're in the best opportunity that we'll ever be in. And remember that whenever there are losers, there are winners. You just have to choose to be the winner. No, I mean that—that's what adversity drives. I mean, adversity drives comebacks. It drives growth. It drives learning, learning very valuable lessons. And I think that's what we're going through right now. But I, I think we're uh, we'll we'll make out we'll, we'll make out just fine. <laughs> So, well, Tom, it was good. It was good to have you on. I, I really appreciate your time. I know it's extremely, extremely valuable. Uh, for those, for those who uh, who would like to learn more about uh, about Tom and his company, Provision Wealth, we'll have links on our blog that will lead you to his different courses, books, and and so forth. Um, again, for those of you who are listening for the first time, go back and listen to our, our podcast. We have about four years, and there's a lot of really good information on there. You can access that at www.paradigmlife.net. That's all for this month. We'll talk to you next time.